0: A loud cheer burst from the ranks for the rumors current had raised a feeling of excitement throughout the regiment and though no man could see from what point danger threatened all felt that great events were at hand the regiment was then dismissed horse words of command were shouted and each troop moved off to its stable while the colonel and keith rode to the officer's anteroom the trumpets at the same time sounding the officer's call. In a few minutes all were gathered there. The colonel first presented some of his young officers to the marshal, and then introduced Fergus to his new comrades, among whom were two Scotch officers. Mr. Drummond Will, for the present, serve with the marshal as one of his aides de camp but I hope that he will soon join the regiment where, at any rate, he will at all times find a warm welcome. Keith had already told the colonel that, for the present, Fergus would be released from all duty as an aide-de-camp and would spend his time in acquiring the rudiments of drill. Champagne was now served round. The officers drank the health of the marshal, and he in return drank to the regiment. Then all formality was laid aside for a time and the marshal laughed and chatted with the officers, as if he had been one of themselves. Fergus was surrounded by a group, were all pleased at finding that he could already talk the language fluently, and in spite of the jealousy of the Scottish officers felt throughout the service, the impression that he made was a very favorable one, and the hostility of race was softened by the fact that he was a near relation of the marshal who was universally popular. He won favor, too, by saying, when the colonel asked whether he would rather have a Scottish or a Prussian trooper's assigned to him as servant and orderly, that he would choose one of the latter. After speaking to the adjutant, the colonel gave an order, and two minutes later, a tall and powerful trooper entered the room and saluted. The adjutant went up to him. Carl Hoger," he said, you are appointed orderly and servant to Mr. Fergus Drummond, He is quartered at the officer's house facing the palace you will take your horse round there and await his arrival he will show you where it is to be stabled you are released from all regimental duty until further orders the man saluted and retired without the slightest change of face to show whether the appointment was agreeable to him or otherwise half an hour later the marshal mounted and with his party rode back to the palace After he had dismounted, Lindsay and Fergus rode across to their quarters. Carl Holger was standing at the entrance holding his horse. He saluted as the two officers came up. I will go in and see if dinner is ready, Lindsay said. I told Donald that we should be back at half past one, and it is nearly two now, and I am hungry as a hunter. Fergus led the way to the stable and pointed out to the trooper the two stalls that the horses were to occupy. For each room in the officer's quarter had two stalls attached to it, the one for the occupant, the other for his orderly. I suppose you have not dined yet, Call No, sir, but that does not matter. I don't want you to begin by fasting. Here are a couple of walks. When you have stabled the horse and finished here, you had better go out and get yourself dinner. I shall not be able to draw rations for you today. After you have done, come to the main entrance where I met you and take the first corridor to the left. Mine is the fifth room on the right-hand side. If I am not in, knock at the next door to it on this side. You will see Lieutenant Lindsay's name on it. You need not be in any hurry over your meal, for I am just going to have dinner and certainly shall not watch you for an hour. On reaching Lindsay's quarters, Fergus found that dinner was waiting, and he and Lindsay lost no time in attacking a fine fish that Donald had bought in the market this is a fine regiment of yours, Drummond Lindsay said. Magnificent, of course, I never saw anything like it before, but it was certainly splendid. Yes, they distinguished themselves in the campaigns of Silesia very much. Their Colonel Grimm is a capital officer, very strict, but a really good fellow, and very much liked by his officers. However, if I were you, I should be in no hurry to join. I had two years and a half in an infantry regiment before Keith appointed me one of his aide de camps And I can tell you, it was hard work, drill from morning till night. We were stationed at a miserable country place without any amusements or anything to do. And as at that time, there did not seem the most remote chance of active service. It was a dog's life. Every one was surly and ill-tempered and I had to fight two duels. What about? About nothing as far as I could see. A man said something about Scotch officers in a tone I did not like. I was out of temper and instead of turning it off with a laugh I took it up seriously and threw a glass at his head. So of course we fought. We wounded each other twice and then the others stopped. The second affair was just as absurd except that I got the best of it, and I sliced the man's sword arm so deeply that he was on the sick list for two months, the result of an accident, as the surgeon put down. So although I didn't say but that there is much better class of men in the third than there was in my regiment, I should not be in any hurry to join. If there is a row, you will see ten times as much as an aide-de-camp as you would in your regiment, while during peace time there is no comparison at all between our lives as aide-de-camps and that of regimental officers, I fancy you have rather a treasure in the man they have told off to you. He was the colonel's servant at one time, but he got drunk one day, and of course the colonel had to send him back to the ranks. One of the officers told me about him when he came in and said that he was one of the best riders, and swordsmen in the regiment. The adjutant told me that he has specially chosen him for you, because he had a particularly good mount, and that, as your orderly, it would be of great importance that he should be able to keep up with you. Of course, he got the horse when he was the colonel's orderly, and though he was sent back to the ranks six months ago, the colonel, who was really fond of the man, allowed him to keep it. I thought it seemed an uncommonly good animal when he led it into the stable, Fergus said. Plenty of bone and splendid quarters. I hope he is not unwilling to come to me. It is a great fall from being a colonel's servant to becoming a Cornet's. I don't suppose he will mind that. And at any rate, while he is here, the birth will be such an easy one that I have no doubt he will... Be well content with it, and I dare say that he and Donald will get on well together. Donald is a cuirassier, after Keat appointed me as one of his aides. He got me transferred to the cuirassiers, who are stationed at Potsdam. That was how I came to get hold of Donald as a servant. A few minutes after they had done dinner, there was a knock at the door. The orderly entered and saluted. "'You will find my man in there,' Lindsay said. "'At present, Mr. Drummond and I are living together. "'I dare say you and he will get on very comfortably.'" For the next fortnight, Fergus spent the whole day in barracks. He was not put through the usual preliminary work, but the colonel, understanding what would be most useful to him, had him instructed in the words of command necessary for carrying out simple movements. His place as coronet with a troop, when in line or column, and being quick, intelligent, and anxious to learn, Fergus soon began to feel himself at home. End of chapter 2